0: Welcome, Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the podcast that gets deep into the psyche of extraordinary achievers across all genres, Cutting to the chase to unlock the secrets of their success, their achievement, philosophies, and motivations. Join us in the quest to find out what makes the movers and shakers of our world tick and what gems and wisdom we can learn from them. Well, hi everybody, it's Lisa Tarmody here at Pushing the Limits. Uh, welcome back to the show. I'm so grateful every time that somebody tunes in because it's just wonderful to have, to, for you to give us a little bit of your time today, so I really, really appreciate that. Now, with me today on the show is my wingman, uh, Neil Wagstaff, um, who is my offsider at Running Hot Coaching, and today we thought we'd do a little bit of a pretty informal sort of a chat about uh, a little bit about our history, how I uh, met Neil and how we he was my crew chief and my coach and how we basically saved my running career and how we then developed our own training systems and what we do today at Running Hot Coaching and how we help um, runners and what we actually believe in. So that in a nutshell, so welcome to the show, Neil, how are you doing this morning, mate?
1: Good, mate, thanks, Leish, yeah, good.
0: Yeah, you, you had a funny hairdo before, so I'm glad to see you've got your Running Hot Coaching hat on.
1: Yeah, my funny hairdo, oh, I'll leave it on, I'll leave it on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, so Neil, let's go back to the beginning, eh? And, and just talk people through a little bit how we met and why it was such an important, well, like for me, it was such an important um, step in my career. To, up until that point, I've done an awful lot over in Europe. I've been living in Austria. I'd done, you know, mega ton of amount of races, ultra marathons over in Africa and places. But I'd always had this running philosophy of just running long, slow runs and that's all I did and that's all I trained. I had no strength and conditioning, I had no, um, my upper body was complete right off. <laughs> um, and yes, I always got to the, fi- or I usually got to the finish line, um, but not always in the best shape possible. And then when I came back at the age of 38, already uh, to uh, New Zealand from living 13 years in Austria, I happened upon Neil Wagstaff who was running City Fitness the gym in New Plymouth at that stage, and he sponsored me for the Death Valley campaign, and and consequently became my coach. And then I started to realise all the things that were missing in my training plan. So, Neil, what was I like back then?
1: <laughs> where to where to start? You uh, you're crazy. You're still crazy there. you were crazy. You're crazy then. Um, I think in the, the it's, it's funny when you meet people in life, isn't it? How how people connect, and it's often like minded people that connect. I was. I was very impressed by what you'd you'd done from a running perspective and endurance perspective. And you know, you said it you said in your introduction there it was you, you were lucky to meet me. I think we were lucky both ways. I got a huge introduction to the endurance, the endurance world, I'd already done some marathons. But um, got a huge introduction to the endurance world and what in you know what going that extra mile really truly means. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, learn a lot about myself in the process as well, which so I'm sure I'll come come out in some of these conversations.
0: Yeah. A bit of tears um, and But I think
1: I think the biggest thing was that you you've got and yeah to this day I don't think I've met anyone that's got the the mental strength the, the resilience that that you've got you've got a huge ability to go over and beyond and where I could see a huge opportunity was you were doing that with. Without optimising and maximising the results that your body were giving you, so there was huge opportunity with introducing strength, regular strength and conditioning work. Huge, um, you know, huge advantages to introducing more core work. Um, I remember one of the first events that we we did with you when you did the round the mountain.
0: Yep. Oh yes. Uh, moved a bit.
1: And we got some pictures of you at the end of the end of the event as you're coming back into New Plymouth and you're literally at that sort of that sort yeah. of angle. Yeah. It was sort of start, like a staple started off quite. You started off quite tall, and it was, it was, you know, it was a real testament to what you, your your ability to drive yourself mentally. But that 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 probably sums it up with how you were finishing. You you started strong, started tall. You were bent over, rounded through the shoulders, bent at the hips, and you were still moving forward. Where, what got me excited was if we could get you more upright. Stronger through the core, get your glutes firing more strong through your mid and upper back as well, and you'd be moving forwards a lot more effectively, a lot more efficiently. Yep. So that that was two of the yeah, you know, two of the two of the biggest things, and the other one was the volume, and we've debated this over what is it the yeah, past 10 years. years now? Yeah,
0: how
1: many, um, it, <laughs> <laughs> how many kilometers is enough? What's the magic number, and and how does it work? And it was I remember in the early days, it was you know you would really push back on 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 sacrificing k's for strength conditioning work for core work and for recovery it yep. was that was the other big part of the puzzle was getting the right amount of recovery in a training week as well and we've had you know some interested some heated debates over the years <laughs> as to as to what uh, what works and what doesn't but those
0: and who that, was right <laughs> I'm, I'm <on> <laughs> uh,
1: ask, you. ask, ask your mum. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah definitely mum would agree i think you you were
0: correct because, um, I, I, you know, like I've said, I would had no, you know, in marathoning back when I started, where it was a bit of a pioneering sort of a stage in the sport, and no one had any idea how to do things, and I never had any speed, you know, and I always had a complex in regards to not having any speed, so I didn't want to do any interval training or any specific training. I just wanted to run miles because I could do it, and I was, you know, good at it, if you like. I never... Uh, okay, I was never going to stand on the podium of anything, but um, I could do horrifically long distances, like you say, because I had that mental, oh, I'll just drive myself into the ground mentality. And a lot of marathoners have that. And unfortunately, what we're finding, like even nowadays, is, is that battle between how many kilometres do you need to do in order to be able to withstand that distance and the rigours of that, and um, not, but not doing a single kilometre more because... You need to do strength and conditioning work, you need to do mobility work, you need your recovery in order not to get into overtraining and this is the the combination of things that I really wasn't aware of and it was, you know, just push harder and harder and hardest, that was my mentality and just keep doing the same old, same old, but I'd plateaued, completely plateaued. I I never had any improvement in speed or time or abilities Um, and I was... When when things like your core go and you're in a hundred mile race, uh, everything goes. Only like your, your digestion, your back gets injured. You're you're more likely to have different injuries because you're not in a good upright position. Uh, your breathing goes. You you name it. There's a whole lot of things that are that are entailed with that, and that's why I think it's so crucially important. Um, to tell us a little bit, you tell us talk talk to people about Death Valley. Uh, Neil was the crew chief over my first campaign in Death Valley. Um, what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> experience of a lifetime, and still makes me yeah still makes me smile to this day. I watched um, yesterday. I showed a couple of people. I haven't watched it for ages. Showed a couple of people the video. Yeah. And I haven't watched it for yeah a long time. And it was um, yeah, yeah it was good. Paul Bassett. Yeah,
0: twenty twenty. Did a doco on it.
1: It brought back some, um, yeah, some some great some great great memories. I think for me, it started that whole journey started when I really wanted to understand how your brain works. I still don't think I ever will, but I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> to I try understand.
0: <laughs> so
1: I want to keep trying to understand. So I, um, with with quite a lot of encouragement for you, went and did the um, the the tower by 100k. Yeah. So what I, the reason for doing that was wanting to understand, you know, why you do what you do, how you do what you do. And the other thing is, from my perspective as a as a coach. I, I need to understand what Lisa's going through and any other runner I work with to be able to program effectively. So yep. if I'm going to program strength and conditioning, if I'm going to program core work, I need to appreciate what my body's going to do in similar circumstances. So going to do the 100K k first kind of set me up nicely to, to start to at least get an understanding of what you were going to go through in Death Valley. Yep. So then the preparing for that with with helping you obviously your training ready core-wise, strength-wise, and then what? I, obviously some of the things that happened when we got there, the difference comparing you at Death Valley from when we were doing the Round of Mountain was quite significant as well. I yeah. think if you looked at how you finished yep. Death Valley and us getting there 10 hours ahead of plan, which was, oh, imp- was impress- yeah, impressive on, on your part. But its I mean, that, that, that journey was, was huge again from I thought I knew you were mentally tough and having seen what you'd done, spent time with you, you took it to a whole nother level when we got to Death Valley. And seeing you cover that 217 k's in the time you did, and the ability just to keep going, keep going, keep going, it, that taught me a, uh, obviously a huge amount. The coordinating on a daily basis, obviously getting the car ready, yeah, getting the getting huge. the getting the roster ready for how we're going to look after you, how we're going to manage you, the the <laughs> the risk of obviously you having um, stomach issues, hydration issues. The risk as well of one of us coming down with it so yeah. it's all of us are out in the same condition so keeping an eye on each other and making sure that one of us didn't end up dehydrated underfed or with stomach issues as well I mean look at a gear, gear hard run 150k Twice. plus with you yeah and it's um you know all of a sudden you're managing two people and and, yeah, and exactly. that we did the rest of the crew this and running with you as well so there was a lot of moving parts but you can probably tell by the smile on my face it's it was an environment and an experience that was just uh, just out of this world, and meeting meeting other like-minded people. So I remember sitting in the the, oh, the, the hotel, yeah, the <laughs> other, <laughs> other crazies, the sitting in you know the the motel before we, we left and talking to the other athletes. It, yeah, it's just a an environment that is is out of this world. But it was interesting to see as well. You arrive at the start line, and I say this to a lot to our athletes now. Is don't fall into the trap of worrying about what other people have done because the preparation that some of the other athletes have had compared to you was hugely, hugely different, yep. Yep. massively different. Some, you know, then some had more focus on the Ks. Some similar to us, focus on strength conditioning, the Ks as well, but adding in more specific runs. Others had just run and run and run and were getting well over, well over 100 Ks a week consistently. Yep. 150, 160 Ks a week, and and then going in expecting to perform. A, a high level, and not yeah, and not yeah, and not, and some there's, there's a small percentage, and you know that, that will, but you you've got to look at the other areas we talk about regularly now as well as look at how people are made up from a genetic point of view. What yes. else they've got going on in their life? If you're a full time athlete and you've got the time to do that, then that's that's gold, and yeah, it, and yep. and it works. But if you've got other yeah, things going on, you need to manage manage yourself effectively.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's really um, crucial that uh, people understand that there are genetic differences between people and what, when, when, when you look at a Dean Kanasis or a Scott Urek, what they can perform is different to what I could perform uh, and, and maintain uh, without getting into the overtraining. So one does have to look at the genetic genetics of the person and work uh, with those genetics and, and we're big on that. We work, we're big on uh, working out what people's genetics are and working to the maximum of their abilities and optimizing their, their training runs. Um let's just talk briefly about your hundred k run because it's a funny story <laughs> your hundred k was uh a bit of a it was a it was a fantastic run and you're like you're so strong like if we go for a you know just to let people know if we go for a ten k run together you know Neil's running circles around me like he's fast he's fast and he's you know bouncy and he's just got all the speed um and it was a new experience for you to go over that those sort of distances and I know that you realize that what seemed slow, and you weren't the only one that I've experienced this with, what seemed very slow at the beginning was unmaintainable by 70k's. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. where uh, there's a difference in types of fitness, and you know, I get a lot of runners or you know, a lot of our athletes and they go to us, they're 100 mile runners, they're 100k runners, And they go to us, Well, we're not real runners because we're slow, you know, and you go, you're a different type of genetic makeup. You are good at this endurance stuff. And you might get a 20-year-old young fella who's, you know, can speed down the the road at horrendous speeds, but he's toast after 10Ks or 20Ks or 30Ks. Uh, So there are different types and not to put yourself down because you're not this way inclined. You know, let's work within the things. And I know... um, I had uh, on this particular race, this is the 100k Nationals going around uh, Lake Taupo. And I'd had an accident the day before, fallen off my chair at work, as you do, and damaged my kidneys. Like, I hit myself in the kidneys with the chair. And I was in agony and I was on painkillers. And it was midnight and we were starting at 3am. And like, my mummy had to dress me, and I was in like, total write off. And I was going, How the hell am I going to run 100k's? You know, like, with this massive sort of cramping and Stuff going on on my back and I remember getting to the start line going well shit you know we're here we're gonna go anyway because <laughs> that's what you do <laughs> and um, Neil having to get me through those first 20 Ks were just diabolical because I was on codeine I think in order to keep the pain as, uh, you know levels within reason and that put me to sleep so I was just walking like a zombie running like a zombie and Neil was you know holding my arm and waking me up and keeping me going for the first 20. And so we, we hobbled along like this, and uh, then, then I started to come right. My body started to go, up. Oh, we're in business mode here, we have got to get into gear. I don't know what my body does, but sometimes the first 20Ks are the worst, and then I start to get a second wind, and I started to go okay. And Neil was powering on, doing really well, and then we got to about the 70K mark. And this just shows the ups and downs of an ultramarathon race. Yeah, we got to about the 70k mark, and then you you started to hit the wall because this was new territory for you. And I remember... going over
1: a marathon was new for me. Once I got to 43k, I was <laughs> yeah, like, yep, so it was this funny. is new.
0: It was funny and bloody good. You were doing really well. And I remember, yeah, you tell the story. You got to 70k, what sort of things happened there?
1: That is it. Yeah, for me, it was It wasn't. It was the... It started to get daylight again, so going through the whole bed yeah. up in the middle of the night, not sleeping... And yeah, just continuously keeping moving for me as well. I was getting used to being able to fuel myself at those those sort of distances. And, your stomach and want it. <laughs> yeah, stomach and it's. But yeah, emotionally, I had a better than the seventy k mark. I had a massive low and something that I'd never experienced before in any sport I would played or done or expected to experience, which made it more emotional because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Neil's a bit of a
0: tough man, you know. But I t- look over and he's. You know, bawling his eyes out. Still moving
1: though. <laughs> <laughs> still putting one foot in front of the other. But yeah, it was a total. It was a experience-wise total shock to me. Um, but it was a massive eye opener of what you can achieve. Yeah. And it's how far yeah, you can it, push. yeah, how far you can push, and and within, it, probably lasted. I'd I'd say about ten k. Yeah. But then coming out of that, the the other side was yeah was was amazing, and then had a the real good high again. Yep. um but it was talking how, about being how bounced does that around.
0: Happen? you know like like people go if you because a lot of people are the ultra, they think they're toast, and then they're not toast because the, the, your body comes back. How can your body come back when it's totally exhausted?
1: Some of that would be, from my point of view, some of it is um I think fuel based. so I'd hit the I'd hit the walks I've got the the fueling wrong. Um, the other part as well is time of day, lack of sleep. So the big part of it is going to be physiological and a big part of it, especially in the ultra marathon, is going to be psychological. The bit that that I always found fascin- fascinating, especially on the psychological side, is how transferable that experience is to daily life. Yeah. So that's, that's me through a lot of other challenges awesome. in business and things like that. And it's really the easy thing to done then is basically once I got over a marathon, I'd done more than I'd ever done. So the easy thing would have been to do is I could have stopped at 70 and gone give myself a pat on the back and gone good job. Yeah. You did. um, but New didn't. And, yeah, and, uh, and 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 pushed through. So it was yeah fascinating to so see you talk coming back to what you were talking about about bouncing around at, at 10k and jumping up and down. That definitely wasn't happening for me at 80k at 90k. To the point that you waved goodbye to me, I think at about 92 or 93k. And um, and bounced off into the <laughs> into the distance. And I was I, like, oh, I, yes,
0: "How's she doing that?" How's well, no, doing but, that? Yeah, to be fair. Like, I, I, I'm not, I, wasn't being an ass because you know, like I, 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 you know, would have stuck with you. I mean, you yeah. stuck with me through the first 30 odd k. Okay. Are oh, you were in a race? Uh, well. but it, it was the nationals, yeah. Yeah. and I had you're a chance. A you know, I was only for the podium. Right. So I, I, you said, "Yeah, mate, go, go, go!" And yeah.
1: I totally so agree with you. Yeah, well, <laughs> My point was is just the differences, like reinforcing what you said is the differences in what you're what you're able to do, what your body's capable of doing, what it's trained and conditioned for at that time. Yep. And I think I ended up coming in, you know, 20, 25 minutes after you, something like that. And it was but yeah, total change in in distance, time, physiology, psychology and you throw all these those things in the mix and um and I was definitely out of my comfort zone. Well yeah, but
0: an amazing performance, you know, and an an amazing time, you know. Um and and that sets you really well up for, you know, uh, crewing in Death Valley because, I mean, like, you know, I have to give credit to my crew both years when I did Death Valley, and this is 217 kilometers for those people who don't know through the hottest desert on earth with, with huge mountains to cross as well, so you've got, you know, everything happening at you, uh, temperatures up to 57 degrees, and you, that was 57, not 47, it's damn hot, um, but the, the the things that you go through there, even in the, as a crew member, your, your crew can can break. They are out there for the entire time with you. They have to monitor you. They have to they run with you and pace with you. Um, and you know, I've had other races too where where the crew have done just as big a job almost as the as the actual runner. You know, it's um, the dedication that sometimes what these guys bring to the table, and they don't get the medal at the end, unfortunately, but they deserve. They deserve a medal, um, a huge, you know, commitment. And, you know, the, the beautiful thing about when you, when you push, people think we're mad. They do think we're mad. 90% of people think we're mad. But they don't understand, like, the camaraderie that you go through, the extreme highs. These are days that you'll never, ever forget in your life. When you push through these limits and these boundaries and, you, you know, you, you, you brutally get through these hard, hard times and then you come out the other end. You know,
1: what are some of the things that you've learned out of that? It's just how how transferable it it really is to every other every other aspect of life. It's I didn't realise until I found myself in other challenging situations, family wise, business wise, life wise, that it, it teaches you how to how to push on. It teaches you when to push on as well. And I think that's a fine line to point out as well. It, 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 as much of these experiences are understanding when it's appropriate to carry on and understand as well that sometimes you can't push anymore. Yep. And the right decision is to, it's not always the easy decision, but the right decision is to, to pull the pin yep. and say, no, this isn't right. And that decision-making process you go through in an event or in a race when you're managing a, a crew, when you're managing a team, when you're managing an athlete is very, very similar in the, obviously the, the environment's different, yep. but the the things you're learning and the things you're applying are very, are very similar, and that the difference of like Death Valley, everything's so heightened. It's so everyone's so aware. the The experience is, is is probably a lot more intense than it than it would be in some real life situations. But that that just sets you up to think clearly, think effectively, think fast, and make decisions that are that are appropriate.
0: Yeah,
1: it's not until you've been through something like that and and realise what your body's capable of that it does open so many more doors. And what once may have looked challenging and something that you're not gonna attack head on and take on, on now look at it and go, well, yeah, actually that's that's, that's probably cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is cool.
0: a, you know this is a, one of the reasons why you know set up the mindset academy, the path of an athlete, because it, it is teaching all of these skill sets and trying to condense the learnings from this. Into real world applicable ways for people to actually use it in their business life. I mean, we, you know, we're both business people. We've got a number of businesses going. You know, we, 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 you know, at Running Hot Coaching, we've, I don't know, we, we've gone around in circles for time and time again. We've a um, hundred iterations of the website, heated arguments about this and that and the other. And but the key thing is we've persevered, and we just there is no option that we do not we're not going to quit, we're going to make this work, and we're going to get our heads around this whole digital world of craziness, um, and that comes from ultramarathon running, in, 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 my, you know, in my experience and in your experience, it's like, well, yeah, that didn't work, what, what else is there, um, and when you come up against op- obstacles, if you have that ability to go, okay, back to the drawing board, that didn't work, what can we whittle away at, what, can, what part can we attack now, have a good cry, get back up again, and keep going, um, tell them a funny story about tripping me up and death early.
1: <laughs> funny for you now. Still still not funny <laughs> it wasn't for me. Funny. <laughs> so we were we were from memory it's the second day and we were we were heading down one of the longest straits and you could see Mount Whitney in the in the was distance. Insane. So from a mind and brain, from a psychological point of view, it was it was soul destroying. Because you could see pretty much where you're going to finish. 60k um, just,
0: straight. Yeah,
1: it was literally yeah, just one foot in front of the other, and it was that I remember that mountain still looked about that big and yeah. looked that big for forever. So I was just just plodding along happily behind you, watching your feet, making sure you're all right, keeping you on the on the on the straight and narrow, making sure you weren't falling off the coming off the road. Obviously keeping you cool, um, making sure you had what food you wanted, and I must have. Yeah, I must have gone off into my own little world and um, and managed to trip you up. <laughs> <Clipped my laughs> so obviously you were you were ticking along in a great rhythm and one foot in front of the other. The the other thing that I, again learned learn and there's another great example, great story is it, it taught me a huge amount about communication as well. Communication, some of it can you know is verbal, like we're doing now. You can chat. Sometimes uh, you need to know when you're with people when's the right time not to talk. So non-verbal communication is as important as as verbal. And if you can work that out with people and see that with people and you were at that point, Brian knew from the time we spent together training that you didn't want to chat. No. It wasn't. It wasn't about talking. You were in your own little world. You were definitely in in pain. Definitely uncomfortable, and you just needed to know that your, your crew were there and you were gonna the
0: moral keep support moving forward. Was there. Yeah, so, well, you, you get to a point where you actually don't have the energy to talk. You know, you don't yeah. have the energy. the The brain function. Your brain function starts to go. Apparently, you make your brain a little bit smaller doing the stuff. Oh <laughs> have obviously got the effects of that. It it's Start, starting to
1: explain a few things. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. So so it's, you know, uh, but yeah,
1: it probably the worst time to trip you up, and um, yeah, I tripped you up pretty well. You went down oh, pretty brilliant. hard, and yeah, probably. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I was allowed back near you for, for the, the next the next few hours until you came out of that and started talking again. I remember sitting in the car afterwards, and I think Chris and Sandy and Gerhard were going out with you, and I was like, "She <laughs> stopped crying, no? She still crying. She's still whimpering." Okay. <laughs> And I'm, I'm like sitting there, Oh no. Well, oh no, now. no. Stop. she stopped yet, no. Can I go back out of there yet? No, you shouldn't go back out of there yet.
0: <laughs> the thing is like when you when you're like in a rhythm and you're in the zone and you're trying to desperately trying to hold yourself together emotionally in that state of absolute exhaustion and horrific pain. And then you get tripped up and the adrenaline just goes bang right through you and you you know, go sprawling and I didn't even really hurt myself badly, but I was you know the shock of it. And when you when you, you when you're in that weakened state, you just the emotions just come flooding out. The ones that you've been trying to sit on and hold it together and be mentally tough, and all of this sort of stuff it just pours out. And so you can be running along like I was just still moving. This is the key thing. I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm in an absolute tragic state, and I'm still moving forward. And that is a, such a key lesson for life. There's no problem. Keep cry fall down, cry, do what you got to do, grieve, get back up, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, and then eventually you'll come right, you know. If you've still got those feet moving, if those feet are still moving forward, you're still making progress. Yeah,
1: you'll get, you'll get there and you will, you, will, you will make progress. Now, yeah, there's another there's another key fact, and it's sometimes it's another good lesson that come, came out of that experience as well is, is sometimes going a little bit slower, smaller steps, one foot at a time, it'll get you there. It might not get you there as quickly as you think you will. And so many people stop things in life because they expect it to get there next week or tomorrow. But you've got to learn and understand that it takes – some things take time yeah. and some things take patience. And anyone you speak to who's been through a challenge work-wise, business-wise, sports-wise, they, when you sit and talk to them, it's not something that's happened overnight. It's, it's something that's taken hard work, dedication, commitment, and they, they've got – yeah, they've got to keep chipping chipping away at it.
0: Yeah, that resilience and getting back up when you've been knocked down is, is a key lesson. Um, tell me what you did, like, a little bit later on that race. I remember you guys were trying to pep me up and you were doing all sorts of crazy things and doing dances and singing to me and God knows what. <laughs> and there was one time it was a 100-mile mark. It was meant to be the 100-mile mark. And you came out and you, like, made a finish line for me, like I drew a, a chalk line across the thing. And... Um, Uh, this is the 100 mile mark and woohoo big celebrations and we got over there and then 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 you did some calculations and you'd like missed the mark by 5k's or something (laughs) (laughs) and I was only 95 or something and that completely blew me completely because all those little things never ever tell your runner it's shorter than it actually is because um, always say it's if I knew this
1: call was going to be like this, I wouldn't have come on this call. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All things did wrong. No, but they're, they're funny stories now. But you know, it, it shows how much psychologically, when you think you have reached something, and then something pulls the rug out from under you, yeah. how much that can affect you psychologically. Yeah. And I almost let go at that point because I was almost like, oh my god, you know, I can't face. I'm actually five k's or whatever it was further back than what I thought. It was a mess.
1: On, on a day like that.
0: Yeah, it was a huge distance. Um, and then later on, there was, you know, hallucinations. I think I kept telling Chris to stop peeing on my feet and there were bears following me and there was all sorts of dramas, you know. And, um, the thing is, it was a, a massive experience and a crazy experience. Um, and since then, we've had uh, a number of other uh, journeys together. But And this is why, you know, we developed Running Hot Coaching. So, you know, bringing it back to what the heck you guys can learn from this conversation, um... Apart from the fact of you know, overcoming obstacles and, and taking on challenges and, and when people tell you you can't do things, it's not always the end of the road, you know. If I had a dollar for every, every time someone said to me, you can't do that, I'd be a millionaire. Um, and just using that as fire to keep yourself upright and going forward uh, even when no one else believes in you. And and this was and then finding people who do believe in you and this this is why you know we have such a deep friendship is because you believed in me you thought it was awesome you backed that hundred percent with your commitment and then you became an ultra runner too and uh, coach extraordinary I mean you were already an amazing coach um, and that you know that finding those people who can support you on that journey that you are deciding to undertake is really really crucial those ones who will back you. Get away from the naysayers. Just go. Yeah, duck. picture a little raincoat on top of your head, and just let their comments run past you. And just yet, yeah, yet, yeah, you, you just don't know. You just do not know what I'm capable of. And that little voice inside you has to be really, really strong. And I think um, having good mates like Neil has, you know, really helped uh, propel me forward in my career. Um, and then, hence, we, we started running hot coaching so that we could actually help others do exactly the same things. And we don't. You know, a lot of people think, oh, we, we, we coach ultra marathoners, and that's it. Well, we don't, eh, Neil? Like, for us, it is about absolute beginners. It is about people who are extremely busy. They've got, you know, kids and husbands and wives and careers. And they want to do something epic for themselves. And we can show them the way to do that. We can show them the shortcuts. We can help them not make the same mistakes that I made. And we can show them the way to do it without injury and without... And with a strong functional body. You know, one of, both of our concerns is that we do not want our athletes, and this is something that I have an issue with with, with some other coaches, um, is that, yes, they will get you top performances. Um, and you see it a lot in the leap, but within two years, that athlete is complete toast. Uh, this, that's not our goal, and that's not the coaching company we are. Um, and that's why we, we, we prefer to work with with people who, so not necessarily the elites. And we have some, you know, a lot of ultra marathon runners who do um, train with us, and we can help them get to the the finish line. But we're not interested in the elites and their elite performance. What we are interested in in helping people, whether they're absolute beginners and haven't even tied a pair of shoelaces in a pair of running shoes yet, or whether they're doing, you know, they've done a couple of half marathons and they want to have a crack at uh, the marathon or whatever and they're busy and they haven't got time and they want a time-efficient injury preventative method of training and getting themselves the support they need with the with the nutrition with the supplementation with the mindset all of these things belong in a good training program and I think that's what makes our, our coaching uh company unique in the sense that we try to have this holistic approach you know and Crikey! Over the last couple of years, we've 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 torn our hair out with the technical side of what we do, and um, some of our you know our early athletes you know will, will know that we've made a few muck-ups along the way, um, and we're, we're certainly not perfect in, in in the delivery of the information that we're trying to get across. But we're getting better at that because we're persevering, um, and now we're able to provide you know systems and programs that people can. Really put their faith in, and know that we'll get them to the start line in the best shape possible, in the shortest amount of time possible, and most importantly, healthy and with longevity. Uh, tell us a little bit about the work like you've been doing, especially um, with Boost Camp, um, with Quatsin Institute. Just to as a as a, you know wrap this up.
1: Yeah, I think they, you've had the nail real. Real well on the head, at least. It's just it's making sure that those. So if you break it down, we've got the strength and conditioning, which will include your core work. You've got the running, which includes your your long runs, your heel runs, your interval runs, your um, technique sessions. Um, we've got the obviously nutrition, um, hydration side of things, mobility and flexibility, and then the mindset stuff. So we've got those those key components. The key thing is is treating everyone as an individual. So what we what we've now worked on, as you said, it's been evolving over the past couple of years. one of the biggest, toughest things for us is the the platform and the Beautiful. way we deliver it, the yeah. te- technical side, and how we can get the message across effectively. We've taken all these experiences that we've been discussing today, all the journeys we've been on, and and some of the stuff we've been looking at more recently, with the idea being that when you arrive at the start line, you're not just ready there to do to do your event. That's that's mm-hmm effectively what you are you're already there to do it but you're there healthy to do it Yeah. okay so you've got as you said you've got longevity in the in your running career your running career should complement what everything else is going on in your life so i know from experience with three little kids um two businesses got a busy busy life but it's making sure that as i run and i run for the events i want to do and um the the goals i've got i'm ticking ticking things off in a healthy way yeah. and it's the same for our athletes as well so if you show I know some of the programs I've written in the past couple of years if I showed them some coaches they'd roll their eyes and so there's no way you'd get someone to the start line ready to go and complete an event and the great thing is now over doing it for the past couple of years we've got, we've got a, a, a huge <laughs> number of athletes that have got to the start line in you know in a safe and effective way on what looks like very low volume but They've done. They've done it. It's fit their life. Others we've programmed for higher volume, and some coaches look at it and go, "Yeah, that's traditionally that's more that, that's more effective. That's depending better." Depending on the athlete, yeah. Yep. Yeah, depending on the depending on the athlete. I think the the biggest the biggest thing that I want I want people to, to take away from this call as well is that you, you've got to be you've got to be coachable. So when you go and work with a coach, if it's obviously great, if it's us, but whoever coach you you're going to go and work with, be coachable be willing to learn. The reason that you and I have have evolved and changed and got better at what we do is because we've always been open to learning new things mm-hmm. and we'll continue to be open to learning new things, but you've got to be you've got to be coachable. You've got to put trust and faith in, in the program you're using. And with the ingredients we've now got for the our program and the way it's put together, they work.
0: They do. We've
1: got two years of of athletes that have been through the program now, through a number of different events, everything from multi day stage racing so people racing over five days in various deserts around the world to flat half marathons and these same principles these same systems have been applied to long distance endurance and and shorter half marathons and the result is people are completing them and, and finishing them yep. and we found that if if anyone struggled with the system it's usually because they're trying to do too much yeah and they're struggling and they're battling against right i I feel like I should go out and do this long run. My body's telling me I shouldn't. i go and do it anyway, and I end up in, in trouble. Whereas some days it's, it's good to, to not to, follow the plan. To, yeah, and, yeah, and not, we encourage not, that. Yeah.
0: yeah. So we encourage really, yes, this is the plan, but hey, if you're not feeling it today and learning to understand your body, learning to read the signs of your body, and we have some markers and checklists and things that, that we have developed so we people can actually start to to analyse are they there, are they in the right place? And having the courage then to take off that, that, that training session, that interval training session today that was that was written in there and shift it to another day because today it isn't happening. And life's got in the way and the kids are screaming or the you know, someone's sick or you've had stress at work and, and you're not up to it on that day. And it's learning to, to know when to push and be a tough bugger and we're not we're not promoting being weak, we're not promoting being a wimp, we're not promoting uh, pulling back when you don't need to pull back. What we are saying is that push hard when you can push hard and learn to pull back when you can and then you will have longevity in the sport and this is something that, you know, I really know because I've had the mentality of, you know, I've been brought up that tough is what is cool, tough is what is is, is expected. And mental toughness is what was valued in my family, Um, so push, 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 push. But now, as a 49-year-old woman who's been there and done that, um, I know that that can lead to other problems. That can lead to burnout, it can lead to an awful lot of health problems, hormonal imbalances, adrenal exhaustion, uh, thyroid problems, weight gain, all of these things that were just so simple to avoid if I'd listened a little bit more to my body. And now, through the knowledge that I have and through the knowledge that Neil's been um, teaching and developing, um, we can have our cake and eat it too, so to speak. That was the wrong analogy, really, but you know what I mean. We can actually push the limits, but do it without It's about being clever. It's about yep. being
1: clever and being, and being wise and getting, getting the results in a clever way. And I think the other thing to emphasize as well is that I say this when I'm coaching live as well, so when we run the run clubs, when we run boost camp, I don't get up there and teach from a textbook. I'm I'm coaching, and we're coaching from experience. Yeah. We're coaching from training hard, training high volume, seeing what it does to our bodies, but then having to rebuild our bodies. Yeah. So we've we've been through that process. We're going through that process, and and it for me and the people I'm working with on a daily basis, um, both through through peak fitness of the gym and through our business running hot. It's that's something I'm I'm. I'm proud to wear on my chest, is that we are coaching from, from experience, yep. and we're coaching from what works, what doesn't, and what that's allowed us to do, and it's, it's taken us in this fine example where Death Valley is so transferable, because I never thought it'd take us two years to fine-tune what we've been doing, but it it has, and it's taken that time, <laughs> yeah, because we've like, had to, we've had to learn a lot from a, from a technical point of view, but we've also... Yeah. Had to learn a lot with with what works for individuals, what works from a health point of view, a fitness point of view, a running point of view, and 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 then develop that system to to deliver it in a in a way that works for everyone. And it's um and yeah, I'm happy to say with where they're still it's still going to evolve. Yes, yeah, it's going
0: to evolve, but it's.
1: Working, it's working well.
0: Yeah, the technical side has been our biggest challenge. That was tougher than running death valley, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> um, and we've got, a, a, like, for an example, we've got a, another wonderful coach that we work with, who's part of our team, Carlos Kumaroa, uh, a man who's you know turned his life around after seeing so many of his relatives. He's uh, a Maori ge- uh, gentleman, and he, you know, he was just seeing in his community and his fano. Uh, people drawing left, right and centre and and he was like, this is not right this is, you know, why are we all so overweight why why are things not going right and he decided to take action and he's turned his whole life around he's now become, I mean he's the toughest amazingly tough mentally Uh, and he too now is doing a challenge this year to run New Zealand's, all of New Zealand's races over 100 kilometres and that, that means 100 milers and everything in between. So that's 12 races within one year that he's attempting to do and we, within within the bounds of, of what we have said, we are trying to get him there, knowing that this is going to completely, you know, be a massive challenge for his body and he's in his 50s now. Um, to get him across the the finish line without being completely toast by the end of the year. And I mean, I I know that mentally he's strong enough to do that. Um, And physically, he he is as well. And the thing is that Carlos also understands the need for this balance, you know, and it'll be interesting to see him on this, this incredibly difficult journey and how he goes, you know. And we love those sort of people and that sort of challenge. But equally, we love when we see... You know, the mum has got four kids and she's um, struggled with her weight and she hasn't run for 10 years or she hasn't done anything ever and getting them through the first five kilometres, you know, that's, that's goal too. You know, it's, it's ch- changing people's lives with what, we, what we're all about and what we want to do and what we want to achieve. Um, so, Neil, anything that you want to finally add to that? Um, uh, maybe like your boost camp stuff the the future of personalised health, what's coming at us and what we are developing.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's. I mean, it's. I've been in the industry tw- oh, twenty two years now, well, and um, <laughs> what I was what I was taught and when I was when I studied in my initial courses and what I studied at university, and I've studied and continually upskilled throughout my career, and what we're studying now, I think the what what health and fitness professionals and the way they need to be educated i can see it changing i think it needs to change significantly more a one-size-fits-all fit won't won't work anymore Um people when they come in to 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 work with work with us or work with people um that we we train at the gym as well they need to be they need to be treated as individuals because they're individual from a genetic point of view, they're individual from a health point of view, they're individual from what each of them are doing and the stresses and loads they're putting on their body. So we can't expect any more of a standard program or the same program to work for each of those individuals. There's so many factors that need to be taken into account, and that's what, what a lot we're, we're developing with Boost Camp, And um, with the first program we took through is is, educa- is educating those people on that program that they are individuals there's a lot of information out there as well, more than there ever has been on the internet, on, on Facebook. You can Google health a number of different ways and get a lot of advice. But the biggest thing that came out of our first Boost Camp program was that although that there's all that advice out there, it's people being able to actually take it on and do something with it. People know they need to drink a certain amount of water. People know they should reduce their caffeine. People know they need to eat for their the right, the right diet for them. There's people know they need to exercise, people know they need to relax and rest as well. It's just how to put it into some sort of structured, functional order. And what we've developed with this program is, is helping people do that, helping people realize that for you, the best thing at the moment, Lisa, as an example, it might be include more rest and relaxation. Yes. For me, it might be I need to increase my activity levels, but you've got to make sure you're, you're tweaking and, and changing the right part of the puzzle. Yeah. And all the pieces fit together. Because if you're not, then you're just going to keep getting the same results. And for some people, they feel like they're banging their head against the wall because they're they're not they're not getting results.
0: Yeah, they're training their backslides off, and they're just not seeing the change in, in their Um And it isn't always, you know, work harder and they get, get get the results. Sometimes it's change it up and get the results that you need. Um, and relax more and get the results the results that you need depending on yeah, who you are. What you yeah, it's fascinating.
1: Fascinating with the group we work with. So some people it was doing a little bit more, for some people it was doing a bit less. Some people went away to change their food. Some people went away to increase their water intake. It, it's subtle for everyone, and you need to think and appreciate yourself that you're. Everyone should appreciate themselves that they're individuals, and as individuals they should they should enjoy who they are as well. And that's a big big message we're sending as well is be comfortable with who you are. You look at you and I, we're totally different body shapes, Mm. Hayes is a different body shape again, Sam, my wife, different body shape again, put the four of us together. We are individuals and so we should be pretty, we should be happy and comfortable in our own skin and therefore be be programmed from a health and fitness point of view as individuals.
0: As that epigenetic and that's something that we're getting into next year which we won't talk about today but epigenetics and epigenetic testing and the expression and how we can measure that and uh, do all that. I had an interview a couple of days ago with Dr. Bill Andrews, who's the world's leading expert on anti-aging, and you guys have to listen to that interview, which will be up on the podcast as well. Um, But he's also studied endurance um, and whether it's good for your telomeres, because he knows all about telomeres, which are um, what causes our life when they shorten is what causes us to age. And endurance athletes, long-distance runners, lengthen their telomeres. We live longer. That is proven. So that's an interesting fact. For the last thing of the day. People
1: can't believe I'm 58, can they?
0: <laughs> okay, you're not really. You <laughs> but you do not look your age either, so uh, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, people, we will leave it there, but I want to thank you today, Neil, for sharing a our, our little story, and thanks uh, to the listeners for letting us indulge in, in a few personal stories. But the whole message behind this is you know, you have to personalise your plan to get the absolute best results. And at Running Hot Coaching, we do have both personalized and standardized plans. And the standardized have got, you know, the outlines for the mobility and the, and the strength and conditioning. So at least you're covering off all those bases. And you know It's the got facts. the systems there. It's, it's got, got the, the systems, systems in place. Um, and uh, we would love to, you know, help coach you if you've got a big dream, a big goal. Um, and thanks for letting us indulge today in a bit of uh, remembrance and, and walking through some funny stories because I love doing that. <laughs> so thanks very much today uh, for being on the show, Neil, and we'll see you no next time. No worries. Show.
1: I'll talk to you again soon, mate.
0: i take this opportunity to tell you about my new e-course, The Path of an Athlete, that I just launched recently. This is all about how to develop mental strength, resilience and tenacity. Learning how to overcome the barriers to reaching your full potential and stop those limiting beliefs that have held you back. Whether it be in your personal life, your career or in your sporting goals, You can control the outcome of your life. For more information, please go to www.lisatarmaty.co.nz forward slash e-course. That's it for this episode of Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tamati. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and share all this goodness with your networks so we can impact more lives with positive insights and inspiring conversations. And check us out online at www.lisatamati.co.nz.